Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you, and all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions, plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we are live right here on Spreaker.com slash Corner to Corner, C2CRadioShow.com. Apple iTunes, Amazon, Pandora, Spotify, and uh, even NewAttitudeMedia.com. If you're listening to us at any of those locations, put one finger in the air. No, 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 don't do that. Only idiots do that when they say they're the ones. That's stupid. That's a bad idea from Bad Creative. I'm Stan Grubb, and as you heard, my tag partner on the other line, Brian Taylor. What's up? What's up? What's What's good? What's up? What's up? And Brian, I don't know about you, but uh, Survivor Series, I I caught a little bit. I didn't watch all of it. I watched some of it. Um, Had its moments. We'll we'll probably talk a little bit about that. Uh, We got last week, there were releases made. More releases. 2021 is the year of the bloodletting for WWE. Um, Adam Page, celebratory moment in Norfolk, Virginia. Cowboy shit day. Interrupted by Brian Danielson. We'll talk about that. And, of course, uh, news coming out of the Ring of Honor announcement where Jonathan Gresham of Ring of Honor fame has his own promotion that he's going to be bringing about and starting in 2022. So we've got lots and lots of stuff to cover. It's hard to decide when you have these these kinds of things where to start because you don't want to start off on a down note, but you almost have to identify just just how rotten just how rotten Survivor Series really was. It was I mean you start off with Vince McMahon pulling up to the arena like this Scrooge McDuck-looking son of a bitch, and he's got a Fabergé egg that The Rock gave him, a $150 million 
Cleopatra's egg. First off, what kind of idiot's driving around with an egg like that? Secondly, uh, who pulls it out on pay-per-view? Yeah, it, okay, right. I mean... Fake, it's a movie prop. Right, right. And, and I get it, Brian. You know, this is, this is professional wrestling. There is a degree of suspension of disbelief. And usually... I don't think you do. Usually there's a, there's, there's sometimes, you know, I can do it. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. It's cool. But then a $150 million egg, really? $150 million. I mean, I realize. I, I, I think in the movie they were priceless. So. Priceless. Priceless. Yeah. I agree with you. I could have swore that was what, what this, this stuff was saying. So I'm a little confused. I'm not an expert on Fabergé eggs. I'm not. I don't know that market. But it does seem a little odd to drive around going, Hey, everybody, look at the egg. And look at everybody backstage, by the way, clapping their heads off. Like, please, God, don't fire me, Vince. I'm clapping. I'm clapping. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I saw that part. And I was like, what? What are we? What are we doing here? <laughs> right. So I'm okay with the egg, right? Because it's a movie tie-in with the rock and mm-hmm. yada yada yada. Right. I'm okay with the egg bit, but to have all those people backstage and the door opens up and it's like, you know, some rock star or something is come out the limo and you're just going gaga for. Them. For no apparent reason. Like, none whatsoever. Like, that's how they greet their boss every day when he shows up for work. I could say officially, I've been a manager in multiple positions and types, and nobody ever clapped like that when I pulled on the parking lot. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was probably when I pulled out of a parking lot. Maybe, <laughs> maybe after after I had fired someone, maybe people were just like, "Yeah, it's gone." That's right, grab a beer. I've been there, been there. But the, the whole no, concept I mean, of like, dumb. it's a special gift from the Rock, though. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. First off, I don't think the Rock's given Vince McMahon anything except a quick text of, "No, sorry, bro, I won't be there." Just, just saying, like, ugh. but. You know, hey, they they have all the all the talent there clapping, all the talent we haven't seen in about eight months, might I add, outside of Reginald. I mean, Dana Brooke, no no, dis, no disrespect to Dana Brooke, but uh, what we see her once every six months, maybe if that. I don't get it, but that's that's how you start your pay per view, like one of the big four. The Survivor Series, you remember the time that Survivor Series was, like, the event to watch? Like, oh, my God. You had like, WrestleMania, you had the Royal Rumble, and then you had Survivor Yeah. I mean, I hate to bring up a cliche moment, but you had the Montreal Screwjob. How about the tournament for the title the following year? I mean, there's the... the all right, I don't remember a lot of other standout moments, but you get the point. <laughs> it's well, no, but it used to be, it used to be like a big deal because you had five on five matches. You mm-hmm. had, you know, you had a lot of different stuff that could happen, and then it turned into 
you know, just like a pay-per-view. Then it turned into, oh, this is the one time of year we're all in SmackDown, go head-to-head. Well, who cares? <laughs> Honestly, now who cares? At the end of the day, nothing's going to happen. You're just going to see champions wrestle each other. Mm-hmm. There's nothing involved. Who cares? And I don't necessarily have a problem with brand versus brand, but it's got to mean something. It's got to matter by God. I mean, you can't just not that not that Big E and Roman was a bad match because there actually wasn't. It was pretty good. But it, why do I want to see it? Is the question. You know, what is my right. what's my buy-in? What is my God? I got to see this. Like, it's not title for title. And I get it. You, you're not going to take the belt off Roman. You're not going to take the belt off Big E. But fuck. In in a schmoz or whatever, that's fine. Let's have a great match and end it in a double disqualification. I think we all know what would probably happen there, but that's okay. You know, if it's a good match, we'll probably let it go. But instead, we get, like, I I don't understand how we get the, the women's brand, and I say it like that for a reason. All of the women on each team are just this this dysfunctional group, and it's that story, tale as old as time, Brian, can they coexist? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the way the WWE has rematches, they might as well just reuse and rehash old storylines. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to see when we start getting real serious. Like, maybe we could get, you know... Uh, I know. I know what we could do. We could have somebody bite a zit off of their face. No, wait. They already did that. They did that on SmackDown. Um, they could do a thing where they have, like, Charlotte could have, like, a, a stalker fan. That would be... No, we've seen that. Um, see, I don't know. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's really not... Outside of Becky and Charlotte just legitimately punching each other in the face... Yeah, but so why couldn't you have rolled that into a Survivor Series match? A classic Survivor Series match. Right? And then Becky and Charlotte are the remaining two. And then then just give them 15 minutes of, you know, what we saw at the beginning of the pay-per-view. Right, right. Like, using that to open the pay-per-view, really what that told me was everything we saw leading up to that was a complete work. It completely takes everything away from the whole, you know, Charlotte disrespected Becky, and then, no, it's just like, I I kind of agree with you. The traditional five-on-five, remember the days of the Heenan family against whatever major top star alliance, like Hogan's, I think he always called his team the Hulkamaniacs, and the Warrior would call his team the Warriors and stuff like that. But, like, that was cool because you could get potential potential matches or matchups that you would not normally see kind of like the Royal rumble, but instead they, they treat it like another pay-per-view and they start off with Becky and Charlotte, which again, wasn't a bad match, but I, I get tired of heel versus heel and good guy versus good guy. I get tired of, you know, the same played out tropes that like we already know. It's not even, this isn't even an AEW versus WWE observation. This is just like a, we're literally watching the result of someone sitting on the bathroom and 
texting Vince at three o'clock in the morning. Hey, we should do this. And Vince texting back. Great pal. Let's do that. Like, how is this, how is this possible for television, much less pay-per-view? Yeah, I don't know. So I actually kind of enjoyed the opening match with mm-hmm. Becky and Charlotte. I mean, I think there were just the amount of, um, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, fuck ups. I'm sorry. Wow. Um, can I say that? Can I say that? It's, uh, it's said now. Boxes, <laughs> let's say box punches, right? You know, there were just enough of them in there to almost make it look like this was legit. Right. <clears throat> you know, it was almost like they were reverting to slap fights in the schoolyard or something sometimes. But there would be enough wild punches that, you know, to me just gave it a little bit more credibility, whether they intended to or, you know, what they what they wanted to do. However, comma, the ending of the match was the stupidest thing you could have done. Really, so I was... we have Charlotte... Yeah, go ahead. What? I was going to oh, say... Charlotte with the roll-up using the rope, mm-hmm. right? She gets caught, which then allows Becky to roll up. And when you watch the footage, Becky is like unsure what she's doing. Do I grab the rope? Do I not grab the rope? Do I grab the rope? Do I not? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I know there had been a lot of talk going into that, going into that match. Oh, there's going to be another screw job. There's going to be another screw job. It's going to be a screw job. Right? It was all over the place. If that's what you call a screw job, you really need to go find better writers. That's not a screw job because there's nothing on the line. Right? Absolutely nothing. So if there's nothing on the line, the one match you should have just gone to a no contest would have been that one. And have them pulled apart. Mm Mm-hmm. While still trying to get at each other and, you know, whatever you wanted. But no, we have Becky. Oh, do I grab the bottom rope or do I not grab the bottom rope? Do I grab the bottom rope? I mean, you can literally see her, like, pause, bring her arm back. Oh, I should. I need to grab the bottom rope. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, that's your idea of a screw job. When you have two heels <laughs> who should be cheating. Well, and they don't even position it right. Like, they don't even talk about it after the fact. They're just like, oh, Becky got a fast one over Charlotte. <laughs> and they keep it moving. It's like, well, now there's no psychology. Nobody's buying it now. It's just another match. Right. Like, no one cares because it's done before it really started. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was I, I again, I, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Right? Even though Be- uh, Becky's boots got to go somewhere. I wasn't a fan of the boots. But, uh. I mean, again, there were there were enough botches as far as punching and slaps mm-hmm. that there was a little credibility in my book. But then that's how you end it. I mean, you just lost all your credibility. It, you know. Well, plus, why would a bad guy be torn as to whether whether to grab the rope? Wouldn't right. she like be like, "This is the greatest idea ever," and just grab the rope? And why have a a, a mad face while you're walking back up the ramp? You should be smiling because you just got one over on everyone. Right. And I really see the other thing too is I don't think in that position she really needed the rope. 
No. Especially the bottom rope. No. Because the bottom rope's not going to help you. It would be the top rope where you would, it would, you would put, uh, the force would be pushing down. Mm-hmm. You know, as she pushes up, the rope is going to keep her in place. But of course, you can't grab the top rope because there's a reference to it. But again, it's just another one of these, <laughs> uh, you know, piss poor planning scenarios that WWE is into right now. So much of that was just, I mean, in in my opinion, it would have made better sense to have them maybe even interrupt the five, interrupt the five on five, you know, have them both be on teams. And then in the middle of it, they just break out into a, into a, a fight and they're all over the place. Referees flood the ring to get them apart. They're both get DQ'd and that feud carries over until they decide to end it. Maybe at mania, you know, so like you leave it. Oh God, I- you leave that story un- unclosed. Yeah, but I don't need to see it anymore. Like, yeah. so this match had the most promise. And from what I saw the pay-per-view, which wasn't much, because I fell asleep because it put me to sleep. Now, right? do you remember I, what, I where, where needed to get do you remember where it was, where you, when you finally fell asleep? Uh, Seth Rollins went in. Oh, okay, so I'm not alone. <laughs> okay, so I'm not the only one that found that one ridiculously boring. Yeah, yeah, well, and not, like so, it was bad enough to where I was nodding off through the whole thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like I caught bits and pieces. I know Kevin. Uh, Kevin, I'm gonna start calling him Kevin Steen. Right, so let's just I, I'm, <laughs> let's just get it ready for for yeah, January. Just, <laughs> right, because we don't want to make the Dan, uh, Brian Danielson, you know, Daniel Bryanson snafu. Right, so I'm gonna just start calling him Kevin Steen, so I'll be ready. Right. So anyway, so when he walks out, mm-hmm. right, that's I was like, okay, all right, this makes sense, you know, because especially if he's not gonna resign, they're not gonna showcase him in a match and you know maybe now him and Rollins will have a few you know so it kind of sets up a few things and then the match starts and that's kind of where you know (laughs) I lose the battle of I didn't get it like why walk out I mean you're the bad guy there yeah but again you have to remember too uh, what last year's uh, last year, when I think it was last year when Seth Rollins did, it. remember? Oh yeah, yeah. You you're right. That was in the middle of his feud with Ray. You're right. Damn! Right. Holy crap, Brian! Long term storytelling. <laughs> long, yeah, long story. Yeah, long term. Uh, but anyway, so Kevin <laughs> uh, Steen was on that. <laughs> I swear, we keep doing it, right? So. Steam was on that team where Rollins screwed the team. So now, you know, Kevin has reason to screw Rollins this year. If you say so, buddy. <laughs> if you say so. I, I saw it like, okay, so that happened. And then, well, yeah. I mean, Sheamus gets mad at the end. Damn it, I didn't win. Close lines one guy. Okay, cool. And then he close lines Jeff Hardy. For what purpose? Like, ah, uh, that's just dumb. Now there's going to be a feud. Are they on the same show? I don't even know if they're on the same show. Yeah, they are, aren't they? But we've seen that already. 
Remember that's where where Sheamus got the P thrown in his face. So what's the current rematch count for the WWE? They got to be pushing three hundred now. Uh, um, you know I don't know. <laughs> Let's go to the Google. <laughs> how many? <laughs> hey Google, how many rematches? Has the WWE had in 2021? You know, so and, and it's twofold, right? So they have no rosters. <laughs> you know, they legit have no rosters to do anything right now but rematches, because each roster must be down to about 20 people. Except for NXT, there's no telling how many in the background there. So as of September 3rd. This is the most updated information I can find. Um, let's see here. WWE has... Holy crap. Oh, I thought that said 300. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, he was right. 160 as of September the 3rd versus AEW 16. Well, I imagine it's a lot harder now. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it because that's just... Wow, this really is a long list for WWE. Holy crap! I could read this, and we'd still be doing. The, we may we may finish the show before I finish the list. <laughs> but yeah, so like that, I I really lost interest, and in, it put me to sleep. Yeah, right? I I haven't been put to sleep by pay per view in a long time. And I mm. had every intention of watching it. I really did. I I was had the iPad out. Next thing you know, it's like, oh, this is this is kind of boring. I think I fell asleep during SummerSlam this year. Did you? Yeah, I think I did. It was either SummerSlam or the pay per view before, but I remember, I remember I was watching it one minute, and the next thing I know, Becky Lynch is on TV. I'm like, wait, what? Where? Where the hell? <laughs> I was like, what happened? What happened? Is that like stopping at a stop sign? You look over, there's a blue car. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you're still at the stop sign. You look over, and it's a red car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what What the hell? What just happened here? You look here? over, again, it's a white car, and you're still at the red light. You're like, oh, I need some coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is too much. I'm not ready for this anymore. You know? <laughs> That's how you know it's uh, it's jumped the shark, so to speak, is when you, when you start looking at it going, ah, what, what did I just see? <laughs> I mean, wrestling is already kind of a, a repetitive cycle in some ways, right? So we know we're going to see good guys and bad guys. Bad guys are going to cheat. Good guys are going to get mad and go for revenge. We know that. So there's already enough cyclical behavior. We don't need to keep doing the very same things all the time. Every yeah, but time. I, I mean, I want you to think about this, right? Go back to the 80s, right? How many times did we see the same matches over and over again? Oh, Quite I... Quite a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hogan and Savage, geez. They did it yes, for two years but, almost. Yeah, <clears throat> but it kept your attention. You didn't worry about the rematch. They were doing great stuff. The stories were great. The wrestling was great. It was entertainment. But now, again, it's like they're phoning it in. They're, they're, they're trying to drop their company down to a point that somebody will make a bid for it. You know, there was a time where I felt like they desperately wanted uh, 
um, Disney to buy them. Like, because Stephanie McMahon considers them to be like Marvel, which we can get into that. I, I find that to be comical, but whatever. Yeah, see the irony there? See the pun? Comical. Um, but the the thing is, I don't think they do. I think they want to drive the value down as low as they possibly can just to get the hell out of the business. How sad is that? I mean, again, I think they are intentionally doing this, right? Just so somebody like Fox or Disney will come along because it will be affordable for them. I mean, because you can't, I mean, Disney or Fox or Disney would have to be stupid to, you, you know, you figure right now if you sold it, it'd be three, four billion dollars. Right. Right. If not more. Well, it's not economical for them to, not in this day and age. So you have to drive the price down. Oh, $750 million sounds more. You know, oh yeah, y'all can do that? Okay, well let me, let me try and just tank this stuff. Right. You know. It's just so hard to imagine that a company that literally I grew up with, like, held on to Shawn Michaels, the Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan. I mean, all of these people that literally I grew up, grew up on, like, are just like, now it's, no offense to Austin Theory, but why do I give a damn if Austin Theory's on Monday Night Raw? Why, why do I care about the 24-7 title? Yeah, I mean, now you can't even invest in these wrestlers because you don't know if they're going to be here next week. That's like, even better. Yeah. Be. I mean, like, it, okay, here's a great example of that. You, John Morrison. Now, granted, John Morrison didn't do a whole lot when he came back. He held the tag titles, and him and Miz had some funny moments. That whole thing with their feud with Bad Bunny was hilarious. So that wasn't bad. But John Morrison's wife was fired last week. No, week before, excuse me. So then, this past week on Wednesday, so tune in tomorrow, folks, because there could be more, we find out that nine more people were fired, including John freaking Morrison. If I'm John Morrison, if WWE ever comes calling again, I respond with just a middle finger emoji, and I don't even answer the call. Because if anybody is dumb enough to forward a call from the WWE, you're delusional. I mean, I, I'm i hard-pressed to disagree with you. Like, if I'm a young guy, if I'm coming fresh out of training, right, I think my goal would be to work for Tony Khan. I think I'd be like, I want to go work for Tony Khan because I can make money there. I can go wrestle all over the world. And, oh, by the way, they're going to pay me some fee- some decent funds. And if there's a crisis... Huh, guess what? They'll still take care of me. Yeah, I think I would go that direction. That's where WWE Spe- used to be. Well, except for working Speaking for other of the companies. Cons, yeah. How funny would it be? Because you know they have the money. <laughs> that eventually goes for sale when the cons buy it. Oh, my God. Just shut them down. Personally. So, because Tony Khan is the fanatic fan that he is. You couldn't you just see couldn't you just see him doing the 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 classic Vince McMahon like maneuver where he has a TV on and it's dynamite and another TV on and it's raw I now own my competition <laughs> No I, 
I could see him doing it, though. I think you would kind of get a Shane McMahon moment, right? Oh. You would get get Cody showing up, right? And being like, uh, no offense, but we told you, now we own you. You know, you're all fired. (laughs) The last name on that contract is Khan, but it's Tony Khan. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> oh shit <laughs> you know he was I mean, front I... row center Nick Khan was front row center during Survivor Series was he? yeah yeah he's sitting there with his family I, ho- I hope he's proud of himself for literally tearing down <laughs> a legacy yeah, company but listen, just because listen, he wants to, to slash prices we can all sit here and blame him right? But you know, as well as I do, at the end of the day, there's only one guy who calls a shot. And that's Vincent Kennedy McMahon. The genetic jackhammer. We'll never see that again. Right? Right? Because, I mean, think about it. They're They're not taking a loss. They've had record profits. Right? So there's absolutely no reason to get rid of people. Right? But every once in a while, you hear about these stupid little rules. Well, if you come up from NXT from this point forward, we're going to sign you to a six-month contract, and you know you're going to have to sink or swim. Oh, speaking of uh, speaking of the the NXT deals, there's a rumor going around. I have no idea how true it is. So please, folks, take this only as rumor. But there's a rumor going around that the reason these call-ups happened recently was to take these guys from the 30-day non-compete to move them to a full 90 if they get fired. <laughs> that's, fucking, that's a dick move right there. That That, that is the epitome of dick move dick right move. there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, hey, hey, I wanted to tell you, that's a great interview you did, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, Johnny Gargano's going places, yeah. Hey, by the way. Glad we could call you up. By the way, you're fired. That's 90 days. Go sit at home, punk. <laughs> I mean, what the... Dude. <laughs> I mean, I get it. you got to protect your money. I- I'm not saying from a business perspective that they don't have to protect their brand. We obviously know that. But uh, come on. If if there's any truth to that, any whatsoever, that's, that's just cold-blooded. <laughs> Look, if somebody has lost a call... <laughs> In that beautiful brain of VKM, right? He done slipped it, right? <laughs> he literally has again record profits. I can see trimming some of the fat, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I've, I've said for some time they should get rid of some of these people, right? Oh yeah, you, sh- you shouldn't be afraid of competition. In fact, you should allow competition and mm-hmm. enjoy the competition, right? But he hoarded these people, right? But there is absolutely no reason to go through 200 employees in two years under record profits unless... Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? (laughs) Of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. 
It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Somebody has lost their marbles. Because we're not talking about these <coughs> NXT wrestlers that you never... You never knew were on the roster, right? Mm-hmm. We're not talking like a Santana Garrett who everybody knew she was on NXT, but you never put her on NXT and she was just there, right? Right. We're not talking somebody like that. You know, somebody that has the ability to go other places and perform. You know, we're talking like you're getting rid of top-tier talent for your company. You're just, you're just Nia Jax, right? All the crap she's pulled and been a part of. Mm-hmm. Time to go, right? Time to go. Now we're trimming. Now we're trimming. We're, tr- we're saving some money. No, you aren't. You may you your bank account probably in a day draws as much interest to pay these people. That's that's what floors me, and and <clears throat> I think all of us have agreed on our show that you know we're not big fans of Nia Jax, but don't lie about it. If Nia Jax is causing trouble backstage, if Nia Jax isn't complying with the with your company mandate, then you fire her because she broke your mandate. You don't fire her for budget cuts, which we know is just a bunch of horse shit. Right. You can't again, claim budget cuts if you're touring on the road. What they're fifty two weeks a year now, so I mean, I don't. Yeah, not budget cuts. But again, one of my biggest problems in the with the WWE mm-hmm. is they intentionally go out of their way to insult the fans, mm-hmm. to talk down to them, to degrade them, to just flat out insult their intelligence. Do you think they care if they tell you the real reason they got rid of Nijax or budget cuts? Because that's what they've been using for two years, right? And the bobbleheads are still packing the arenas. Although Monday, I hear, not quite as much as they're normally used to. Well, you remember a few weeks ago, we were talking about the ticket sales for the New York shows for uh, AEW versus WWE. Well, <clears throat> the arena in Norfolk, uh, the I think it was the UAW arena, I don't remember, no, no, the Chartway arena. That arena holds approximately 7,500 for a wrestling show. They had confirmed 7,000. WWE has been drawing about three to 4,000 per, per Raw for the past mm, two months. Since basically September. Coincidentally, I doubt it, since basically CM Punk and Adam Cole debuted. Oh, and Brian Danielson. Let's not forget him. So, I mean, your attendance numbers are down. Your box office isn't doing well. Maybe merch is selling well. I don't know. From WWE shows, if you watch them, yeah, there's a lot of merch in the crowd. Um... I, by the way, on that same topic, they're not Roman Reigns shirts. Some of them are Bloodline shirts, but not not as many as you would lead me to believe with an article that says, oh, Roman Reigns is top merch seller. Then why isn't everybody wearing a Roman Reigns gauntlet to do their own Superman punch? Well, but maybe they're throwing in the Bloodline. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, and I'm okay oh, with yeah. that because it's technically a Roman shirt. I mean, I, I could see it. I, I would say, all right, fine. I'll give you that. <clears throat> Yeah, but again, though, maybe they're using the shield shirts. 
You know what I'm saying? Are they even like, still on even WWE say, Shop? Uh, yeah, but not, they they have the numbers, mm-hmm. right? Oh, he was part of the Shield. Let's just throw the Shield. Oh, the shield. I got you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose. And again, all right, fine. He's part of the Shield. Even that. Even if I meet them there and say, yeah, all right, cool. Shield shirts, Roman shirts, Bloodline. That's still. You're not outselling Cena. There's no freaking way. You're not outselling Cena. You're not outselling Wyatt. You're not outselling Punk. You're not outselling The Rock. And you're sure as hell not outselling Hogan or Steve Austin. And that's with Hogan surrounded by the hate that he gets nowadays about what he did years ago in a sex tape. I mean, it just yeah, is I, what it I, is. I, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I don't like Hogan, but I think for nostalgia's sake, mm-hmm. if I walked into Target and there was a yellow and red Hogan shirt, mm-hmm. I would probably be like, oh, I got to have that. You know, I've only owned you know one Hulk Hogan shirt in my entire life, and it's a Hulkamania shirt. That, uh, that very much like you. I mean, I, I was a Hogan fan as a kid, but I didn't own a single bit of Hogan merchandise outside of action figures until I turned like thirty-five. Yeah, I mean, literally, I'd be like, "Oh, that's that's kind of cool." I'm, yeah. I'm down with Hulkamania. Let me buy this. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not the guy that's going to say. You know, WWE is destined to just die. But at the same time, I'm also not stupid enough to say that um, Roman's our top merch seller. No, he's not. And I'm sure as hell not going to sit there and try to try to profess that, you know, Vince McMahon is the smartest guy in the room anymore. He hasn't been the smartest guy in the room for, for a good while. And what uh, we're seeing I'll, now I'll is the exposure profess. to it. I'll profess that that's a dying brand. Uh, but see, that's the thing. I, I am... I'm the kind of guy that doesn't want to see him die off. I want to see him get fixed. Now, I don't know if that's possible anymore. I used to think it was. I used to feel like they could get it right. But I, I don't know anymore. I really don't. It you is know, kind of sad I to just watch him fall apart. Sure. I don't want to see them, like, die off, right? Yeah. Because I'm a firm believer in competition. Mm-hmm. Right? Especially fair and open competition, right? Because we all know what can happen. Yeah. If there's competition and you let your superstars break through this, the ceiling, mm-hmm. right? We know this. We've lived through it. However, comma, you are you are reaping what you have sown for years. Yeah. And it's going to get worse before it gets better. And if Disney buys it, God bless them. If Fox buys it, God bless them. I don't care at that point in time what moniker you have on the marquee, whether it's WWE, WWF, some other new name, the WWE will have officially been killed off. Mm -hmm. Because it'll be brand new management with hopefully a better uh, management style, better trainers, better wrestlers, the whole nine yards. It'll be a brand new company, even if it keeps the WWE logo. I feel pretty confident in saying that if, if in fact they get bought out and I'm, I'm confident that's going to happen. Um, they'll keep the name because of the brand recognition, but I can't, I can't see them unless it's triple H backing them. (laughs) I can't see them really sticking to, 
a lot of what they've done the past few years, especially after just watching so many good things just, just get torn to shit. And that's that's the saddest part. It's just they had so many good potential ideas that just uh, you know, yeah, they're not a big star. They're they're just another WWE superstar. Oh yeah. So I I think if they get bought, Triple H, maybe Stephanie, go with the deal. Mm-hmm. Right? Just so we can teach you the WWE way. Right. Right? But then once the other company's like, you know what? I don't need you. They're gone. And that's what'll happen. But again, if they're bought out by another company, it's over. It's done. The WWE you knew and loved as a kid is officially mm-hmm. gone. Mm. Could you imagine if it was just what was left in the library kind of thing? Just the streaming of their old stuff and that was all? You know, as part of Disney Plus with your subscription, watch all your favorite WWE events all the way back to 1982. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, again, though, look at their library. Mm -hmm. It's a massive collection, right? Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's there's stuff that, you know, that's the other thing, too. It's like not everything is on the network, Mm -hmm. not Peacock or whatever. All right, there's still, you know, plenty of footage that has yet to be put on there. And honestly, you know, again, just like we talked about with ROH, I'm not going to pay that money for this, but I'll damn sure pay money for for your library. Mm-hmm. Because again, if it's used properly, you're probably going to make more money off of it. Right. Well, I mean, with... With Ring of Honor, the the benefit of paying, I don't know if I'd pay the premium rate that that was rumored not not too long ago, but the benefit of paying the money to own a company like that is the bones, to quote a song, the bones are good of that company. You have potential with what you do there to really make something happen. You just have to manage it for growth versus WWE where they've literally taken all of their growth that they've had uh, I would say they saw their, their strongest growth year probably in 15 or 16, and then after that they've just literally put it to the ground. It's almost like somebody just said, hey, let's just do the nosedive. Let's just, we're done. All of these stars, man. I mean, you look at, how do you let a guy like John Moxley slip through your fingers? You know, how do you let, how do you go about listening to one of the top talents in in the world at the time in 14 literally telling you all these ideas and telling you things that can make a difference in your company and you ignore him and then you fire him on his wedding day like how is that a thing because there's that was punk Punk. yeah oh wow punk was going to triple h and going to hunter or not hunter but uh Heyman, going to vince with different ideas pitching different concepts he had a. He was going to go out and walk. Um, I don't want to. It's not Conor McGregor, but another UFC champion to the ring. And Vince is telling him like, "No, no, that's barbaric. You're. We don't want our people being seen there." And a couple months later, who walks Conor McGregor to the ring or to the cage? Hunter. <laughs> so I mean, it's just like 
you can't keep doing this to your people. And and that's just that's an example from from Punk's own mouth where he talks about it during his interview with Colt Cabana. The, these are guys and gals that have just worked their butts off. Like look at look at Tegan Knox. Here's a great example. Tegan Knox has gone through hell in a very short amount of time. Two knee injuries that were just crazy. The worst luck you could ever expect to have in a profession. Rehabs it. Fights her way back to television. Gets back to TV. Gets to gets to the main roster. Comes up on SmackDown with um, Shotzi. Gets a non-title victory over the women's tag champs. Two weeks in a row to earn a title shot. And they break the team up. <laughs> they send her to Raw and then they fire her months later. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. But, I mean, Moxley, though, I mean, you have to think about this, right? Moxley's one of these guys that you should have treated better, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, so, I think towards the end of his lunatic fringe run, Mm -hmm. he wasn't what he was earlier in his career, right? Sure. But again, how much of that was from the the crappy stuff they were putting him in, right? Where he was just like, oh, I'm just going to phone it in. I'm going to phone it in. And then he got lucky that here comes AEW. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure phone calls were made, right? I, I, there's no doubt Cody picked up the phone one day and was like, hey, look, my. Uh, we're starting this company. Your contract's up in two months. Why don't you come give us a shot? We'll treat you better. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you mean we'll treat you better? Well, we're not going to do this, this, and this. Right? We're not going to make you look like a complete boob. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, we can all remember the whole <clears throat> doctor and the vaccination or whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to. We're not going to do any of that. Matter of fact, you come over here, we're probably going to make you world champ. We're going to give you your, you know, some freedom. We're going to let you cut your own promos. You want to be hardcore? We'll let you be hardcore. And he's probably like, deal. I don't think he, I, 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 to me, he's different than some of these other ones, right? He probably had a plan, an exit strategy before he left because he ran the contract out and he's like deuces you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. so he was smart enough to get out some of these other ones like the good brothers uh yeah you know how'd that feel oh yeah we're gonna re-sign a three year deal right AEW's just starting out well nah you know, they treated us so well before this. You know, uh, plus, yeah, that's, a t- that's somebody. Yeah, Triple H you tells them, hey, you guys are family. You know, you're making the most money you've ever made. Why would you want to ever leave for a company that may or may not work out? We'll treat you right. And then, yeah. not even a year down the road, they get canned. Yeah, I mean, some of the guys that get fired like that to me are the ones that 
slip through the fingers. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's smart and says, well, I'm going to let my contract expire, which is about to happen to, what, four or five? Mm-hmm. Kyle O'Reilly, Kevin Steen, uh, what's Sami Zayn's alter ego? Uh, El Generico. Oh, there we go. El Generico. We'll just start calling him. Might as well. Might as well just get ready because I have a feeling that mask is going back on his face. <laughs> yeah, Shinsuke. I think he's he's due soon. Um, I mean, you got some big time players that mm-hmm. are probably all about to walk, and especially with uh, Gresham saying, "Hey, we're about to put another one together." Mm-hmm. Well, the interesting so. thing about Gresham's group is one thing he's set up to differentiate his talent from everyone else he noticed during uh he mentioned during his interview with sean ross sap of fightful um that he's seen a lot of companies and it's not just wwe but even independent companies start to call their performers superstars so he is he has made it known that anyone that wrestles for terminus which is the name of his company they're going to be known as grapplers which i absolutely love I love that idea. That is just cool. And it's different. It stands out automatically from anybody else. Oh, I agree. And, I, you know, kudos to, to Gresham, right? For And who's the other guy that... Uh, uh, Baron Black. The code. Yeah, yeah. So kudos to those guys for being like, hey, let's do this, right? And I... I hope, you know, that they can get some names and I hope it works well for them because as far as I'm concerned, the more wrestling I see on TV, the more I like it. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's good wrestling, you know, smart wrestling. I I mean, I don't think, yeah, I don't think you would have a problem on aggression. I mean, he's, he's quite a talented fella. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and I hope to have a pay-per-view, and, uh, you know, I'll I'll plunk some cash for him. I have a feeling we are going to see a lot of positive changes coming in the next few years when it comes to how professional wrestling is is presented on television. And by by that, what I'm saying here is that we're going to see a lot of options in the way of, like, Terminus, of course, AEW, but GCW is very close to announcing a television deal and a streaming deal. Uh, Major League Wrestling just started on uh, on Vice. So if Ring of Honor does truly not come back, which I'm not saying that's what I want. I would like to see them rebound. But if they truly don't come back, the good news is we do have strong televised products coming in. And, and that's not to say that like New Japan Strong, which has been putting on some good quality shows... They just need the benefit of a different network, in my opinion. They need to be on something where we can see it a little bit wider, widely distributed. Yeah, I, I agree there. Or use social, you know, a social media outlet to their benefit mm-hmm. until they can find a, you know, a better, uh, a better TV deal. It's it's. But again, hopefully. If they go back old school where it's pro wrestling, not sports entertainment, hopefully you're going to get these networks that are going to buy into it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, what, the, like one of the first television shows ever was pro wrestling. 
I mean, pro wrestling and TV are synonymous. So hopefully you're going to get some guy to be like, yeah, I used to watch wrestling when I was a kid. Let's let's look into putting it on TV. I did a study not too long ago about the differences between, you know, wrestling audiences and how they've changed versus how they've, what they've lost. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of the audience that used to watch wrestling, especially during WCW's, you know, heyday. Back when WWE was averaging eight million, you know, eight hey, million. I'll be right back. Okay, when when WWE was averaging eight million during their heyday on a Monday Night Raw, and Monday Night Nitro was was still hitting six or seven million. That's fourteen, fifteen million watching your programming at a given night. Then you go and you expand it to Thunder and to SmackDown, still seeing that market, that viewership. At that level, and then you get to about 2001, 2002, where the obvious thing happens, and that's where WCW gets bought up. But magically, we go from a viewership total, total, mind you, of 14, 15 million viewers watching a wrestling product to six, five, and then eventually down to three. And now we're seeing on the average, at least for 21, just under 1.5 where AEW's viewership has seen a dramatic increase when they first debuted on on TNT of course they do over a million they work their way up and start to go from six to seven to eight to nine and now they're averaging right around a million that's not too shabby so it's interesting to me when we talk about all these different companies and all these different products Brian just mentioned, you know, that that fan that said, you know, I used to watch wrestling when I was younger. It was really cool. I always liked and you always hear the the names like Flair or the the Rock and Roll Express or even, you know, depending on how far back they want to go, like Bruno or something like that. And it's not to say that old school wrestling per, per se has to come back. It's to say that the professional wrestling product, if it's presented in the proper presentation, can bring those fans back and they're not casual fans as some people like to label them it's an actual wrestling fan versus a sports entertainment viewer because a sports entertainment viewer is the same person that will change the channel and watch csi or a viewer that will turn on a movie and then decide oh wait the rocks on tv maybe i'll turn that on later not watching full episodes Wrestling fans are a unique breed. They always have been. They always will be. But wrestling fans will actually take the time and they'll say, man, I can't wait to see six matches. And they list every single one of them. Wrestling fans are the ones that can tell you, usually, where so-and-so got their start, who their trainer was sometimes, and what their resume looks like before they even got in the ring. Those are the, those are the things that I remember the best about wrestling when I was a kid. Jim Ross giving us the stats for the Steiners when they were playing college football, for example. That's the kind of thing that I always enjoyed. And I think that's one of the things that not just AEW, but also Major League Wrestling, also New Japan Strong, and also um, Ring of Honor, when it was more widely televised, did a great job... Of doing, And I think that as we continue to see the growth from AEW 
and the Forbidden Door, that maybe we see this total viewership finally come back, and maybe we see it actually grow back towards the 14, 15 million that used to average in the late 90s. Bad preposterous. <laughs> we'll never see it, you think? Well, I mean, I think you might see hopefully four or five million. I mean, who knows, though? You know, the the interesting thing is if you allow people to, you know, go, you know, go big, bust through that glass ceiling, you know, it's hard to say. You could see incredible numbers. What do you think it would take from a, uh, a marketing perspective for – AEW to get to that point where they start seeing four or five million viewers in a week. What do you mean the marketing? So, well, I mean, well, not just from marketing, but just overall. Like, what do you think it would take for that company to see that type of viewership on a consistent basis? Well, you may not. You may not have. That's the. That's the. Like I was saying, you may not have that anymore, right? Because you may have a generation or two generations. Of former fans that are now gone because of the garbage mm-hmm. from Stanford, right? Which, if you listen to people, is a lot of what people say. Well, I used to watch wrestling, but then, you know, the WWE. And, you know. But, I mean, you're going to a bigger network next year, mm-hmm. right? It's a more, more of a national network than where they are now. So maybe that helps um, stay in the course, right? Again, let's look at long-term storytelling. Nobody's doing it better right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, Adam uh, Page was like, what, two years to tell a story? Yeah. (laughs) And now we're moving into the next chapter of it. So... I mean, and just put on quality stuff. Just keep doing what you're doing. Now, granted, not every match is a, you know, a great match. But sometimes you need these little, you know, throw-off matches and mistake matches to keep fans looking forward to, you know, the big match coming up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like it hasn't happened in the past. Like it's not going to happen in the future. So, but who knows? Maybe you'll get them. Maybe you won't. It's just crazy sure to see those kinds of numbers. Yeah, but I'm sure they'd be happy to maintain a million, mm-hmm. and then see what happens. I feel like with what we're seeing right now, <laughs> I mean, there's so many potential big money matchups that that are just still left out there. For example, like this past Wednesday, we saw MJF and now what I assume is his next feud, and that's with CM Punk. I mean, I can only imagine the promos that will come out of these guys leading into this matchup. That's, That's exciting to me. That's interesting to me. But I, I mean, I... I don't know if I started yet, right? Because you have to go to what February? Is that right? February? 
Well, February is the next pay per view. Yeah. 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 And that's that would be big enough that you would want pay per view. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want it on Winter is Coming or whatever it is. Right? You wouldn't want it on a show. Although they probably will pull the trigger on it but and put it give it away for free. Mm-hmm. But I think for something like this you want pay per view. You want to try and drive your your rates up. So just have keep have Punk just keep dissing MJF every chance he gets, right? And eventually, come late December, you know that's when they start the feud kicks off for real. And by the time February rolls around, you have enough build up to, you know, you might be able to pique some interest. I mean, there's there's potential with what we're seeing right now, and this is the reason I I bring this up is because I, I I mean really there's <laughs> we've talked about the exciting parts of uh, Survivor Series for those of you that were paying attention. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else we could really say. Oh wait, uh, Roman wins. LOL. There you go. Well, we've covered it. We've done a great job. I feel accomplished. Great job. Um, but when you look at what AEW is doing right now, getting getting back to some you know interesting wrestling. Uh, Adam Page, for example, his celebration, which I thought was handled really well. I actually really liked what they did with that. Um, but then to see with Brian Danielson come out there, and, and I typed, as soon as he came out there, I'm like, is this where Danielson's turning heel? Because as soon as he came out there, I was like, well, that's not going to end well for Adam Page. And and thankfully, it wasn't like the obvious attack on next kind of thing. It was... I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go one by one through the dark order and I'm going to eliminate them. And then it's only going to be you. It was like, it was an ominous, like threat. (laughs) It wasn't, and it wasn't even really a threat for Daniel Bryan, excuse me, for Bryan Danielson. It was more like a promise, like a, like a solemn damn vow. I'm going to kick the heads off of every single member of the dark order. And then when I get to you, you're going to get your head kicked in. It's like, jeez. So it was intense. Yeah, but, yeah, and the good thing is, though, I, I'm sure they didn't go out there with the intention of him getting booed because he got booed pretty quick. Yes. I, mean, I don't even know if he really started talking yet and he got booed. So that was, that was I think that was a good choice to, to do it in um, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Right? Where, where Adam's over, right? Because he's a Virginia boy, so we all love him. That's right. I think that was very smart, very wise. And then just roll with it, right? They're booing the crap out of them. Let's just do it, right? Mm-hmm. So I hope it is a heel turn. I want to see him turn heel. I want to see CM Punk turn heel. I think I think if these two go heel, right, I think it's going to generate buzz, noise, and people are going to have to be have to pay attention. Well, I think we'd all agree that that Punk's best work came really when he was a heel. I mean, it, yes, when he did his his pipe bomb in 2011, yeah, that was great. Still one of my one of my favorites. But I mean, his his best work came when he was a bad guy. It's just, it just goes without saying. I mean, he had such banner matches before he got the WWE and Ring of Honor as a bad guy. I mean, he cut a promo using an invisible mic. And it's still talked about today. You can still find it on YouTube. It's still one of the funniest damn things you'll see when it comes to wrestling promos. Um, you know, you've got 
Brian Danielson, who honestly, all I remember of his Ring of Honor run was just how great of a wrestler he was. And then his Dragon Gate work. And then seeing this new side where it's more cocky and confident and just more talkative, if there's a guy that benefited from that WWE way, quote-unquote, I'd say he did in that regard because he's finally confident enough in himself to do it. And because he doesn't, he's not in WWE, he can say what he really wants to say. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I, I think, you know, ROH and Dragon probably taught him the ability to come up with your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Or gave him that ability so he knew how to do it. The WWE probably emphasized, like, these are your talking points. This is how you do it. You know, this is, you know, you need to recognize when the crowd turns and, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. And then, you know, I'm sure, again, you know, I've yet to hear where they're like, yeah, Tony Khan comes out and scrubs my promos for me. Right? Normally it's talking points. Okay, this will cover these and we're good. I don't care how you cover them. Cover them. We're good, you know. So now he, he that the the freshness of being able to come up with your own stuff again, but the flair of you know the WWE because I thought he was a, I thought he was a good promo in WWE, especially as a bad guy. You know what I'm saying? When he did his heel turn and he was. Um... The the Earth's champion, the planet's champion, was great. Right. That was great stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like... I mean, you know he has the potential. Oh, yeah. But... Um, I, I honestly think by the end of the year, you're gonna, everybody will be calling him the best wrestler on the planet. I mean, honestly, I feel like people should be doing it right now. He is working at a frenetic pace. Now, I am a little concerned that if his health issues arise, how quickly that will come to a halt. But the pace that he's working at right now and the matches he's having, it's kind of unheard of. I don't think I've ever seen anybody work like that before. I'm sure they probably have. Kenny probably ran quite the pace back in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's just it's not something you've seen probably over here in a long time no definitely not I mean he comes out black eye bruises all over his body you know and is still performing at one of the one of the top levels that I've seen for a performer um, and, and he should he should be if nothing else be very proud of the fact that his work right now is second to none. I, I really think he might be the top guy on their roster wrestling-wise. Oh, yeah. I, I think wrestling-wise, especially with Obey out, mm-hmm. you're, you're spot on. But I, I think, again, I, I think he's just going to take time for this heel to play out. Mm-hmm. And then once the heel plays out, or not plays out, but he gets – you know, I guess comfortable in the in the the skin, the the heels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he's. I think this is like this might be the next big true superstar. Right now, I'm not saying like superstar, like WWE superstar, 
I'm talking like the, the likes we haven't seen in a long time. Like a Cena type. You know what I'm seeing? Super, true superstar. You know, I think he's the guy that is probably going to be like, oh, you told me there's no glass ceiling? Okay, well, let me show you. You know, and he, he's going to smash it. And by this time next year, like everybody's going to be talking about him. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like with with what we're seeing right now, and, and you mentioned it, with Kenny Omega out, Kenny Omega has the injuries that this guy's got going on is kind of insane. Um, he wrestled, he's been performing at this top level with a hernia, with two injured shoulders, one of which is, we, we talked about it last week, where he was unable to even raise his right arm, and an injured back and an injured neck. I mean, we know he's going to have to have surgery. They talked about it on BTE, although... We'll get into some of that a little bit more in a minute, but they talk about it on BTE, and it makes me realize, damn, what would we have seen if he was even healthier? I'm not saying in perfect health, because I don't know if a wrestler ever is in perfect health, but you know what I mean? Like, what could we have seen? Just, that's insane to me. Well, so again, watching him in New Japan, Mm -hmm. right? And he was definitely, like, on a different level, right? He wasn't the only one on that level, but he was, like, on a completely different level. I think if he comes back and he's healthy and 100%, you're going to have these, like, matches that you're going to talk about in 30 years with Omega and Danielson. I mean, I, I, I literally think when these two go at it, and they're healthy. You're going to be. I mean, it'll be like Steamboat and uh, Macho Man. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to talk about it thirty years down the line. Oh, I remember watching that match. That was the, the greatest match I've ever seen. Because these two go at a, a, a. I mean, they are crazy fast in the ring. They are spot on. Mm-hmm. They can wrestle. They can talk. Uh, I mean, eventually them two are going to go at it once he comes back 100%. I mean, to me, it's just, it's it's hard to fathom. Like a guy working it, we'll just say 70%, and I'm, maybe we're being too kind as far as how his health is. But it's 70% performing at that level. And really, towards the end of his reign, is the best Kenny Omega we had seen since AEW started. And that's not putting oh, him yeah. down. That's just that's just him hitting his stride, finally getting to that point. Oh, I can agree with that. I, and, but I think, too, there was probably... Like, I, I want you to think about this. So they had... Uh, Omega and Danielson had some great matches in ROH, mm-hmm. right? Yep, yep. Now, these are guys that haven't had the ability to, to go at it in years, right? And you know what you did then. Well, I'm, you know, I'm older, I'm smarter, I'm wiser, I'm faster, I'm stronger. Let's see what we can do now. So I would imagine when they're like, hey, Danielson's coming, 
Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, you're going to get a shot. You know, you're going to be the first one. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give you a half an hour. And y'all just go out there and lay it, you know, lay it on the line. Give them a taste. He was probably excited. You know, you figure, you know, the the Adam Page was coming up. You know, they knew it was mm-hmm. going to happen. You know, so he was probably, well, I got to do this for Adam. I got to be on top of my game. So he probably, you know, stepped it up. And, you know, that's probably why where he got one or two more injuries. Well, and that's what, what floors me. And just nothing but respect for Kenny Omega to do that. Um, you know, it, it makes me think of like guys like Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, um, The Rock when he wrestled Cena the second time, uh, HBK with a broken back. All these different guys that were just like, you know what, I got to go out there and put this guy over. I've got to make sure that this happens. And that is just speaks volumes for the confidence that Omega had in Adam Page. You know, I got to make sure this gets done. And that's what he did. Like, that's that's when wrestling is its best. Like, to me. Like, to know that somebody was, regardless of what you think of... Because some people are like, ah, it's just New Japan. They all wrestle like crazy over there. All right, fine, whatever. But Kenny Omega legitimately transitioned his style from a New Japan strong style to an American version of it. He worked through you know, wrestling kind of an introduction to Kenny Omega, to the tag team ranks, to transitioning back into a singles role, which is much more similar to what he did over there. And then even Americanized to that. All the while dealing with multiple injuries. I mean, that is, that's going to be one of those things that when he comes back, he's almost guaranteed to be a good guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I I mean, I laid out the scenario for you. The mm-hmm. other day, and yeah. I, there's no doubt him and the Bucks are gonna, they're gonna be huge faces here before it's all said and done, and we may wind up even getting, you know, the elite back together, the boys, the band, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, we throw in uh, Paige and then Cody into the mix, because I'm, you know, I'm still kind of, I still kind of want to see what they, you know, what it looked like they had planned. Uh, when AEW first started, right? Remember? Mm-hmm. The Bucks, Omega, Paige, and Cody were together. You know, they were, you know, they were running out to the ring to save each other type stuff. And, you know, oh, we're going to do war games. Oh, Nick is hurt. Mm-hmm. Can't do it this week. Oh, COVID hit. Uh, we're going to have to postpone war games. You know? You all, you, everybody knew what you know who was going to war games. It was the inner circle versus the elite. Mm-hmm. I still want to see you know the elite in a war games. Well, we may in fact be getting a chance to see that as more and more seeds. And I swear to God, Brian, if you don't start admitting that AEW's got a mic in your house, you know, it, I'm I'm going to start calling people. I'm going to start making calls to TK <laughs> because sure as shit. This past week on Dynamite, keep in mind, folks, that we've got a new edition of Dynamite coming tomorrow night for Thanksgiving, which is uh, supposed to be really good, too. But this past week on Dynamite, there's Adam Cole and, oh, yeah, Bobby Fish talking with the Bucks. And it's like, hmm, okay. 
And then we see this hinting at Omega telling what we thought was him telling Adam Cole at first. Hey, make sure you lead these guys and get it done right. I know I can trust you guys. I know I can trust you to do this right. And we find out he's talking to the Bucks. It's like, oh, well, there you go, Brian. Your, your foreshadowing is no longer foreshadowing. It's just freaking happening. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, again, the, the, the interesting thing about it, right? So they don't necessarily need Kyle O'Reilly to pull this off. Mm-hmm. But, again, I mean, did you, did you not happen to catch uh, Cole's face? When Kenny was like, no, no, I I'm not talking to you. Yeah, he was, like, dejected, to, yeah. Yeah, he was like, he was pissed, you know? So, I think it's coming. And then, you know, couple that with Adam Cole trying to kill Kenny. <laughs> Omega <laughs> on being so, I text you every time I watch BTE. Because it just it just floors me, and we I've been watching it. I, I think you're the one that told me about it when I first started watching it. So I watched it this past week, and there's there they are. They're in the hotel, and he hands Kenny Omega a monster cannon. Before he does that, he's just holding the monster in his hand, and he's just like talking to him. And Kenny is not turning his head away from the can. <laughs> all the time he's just looking at it and you're like oh my god they're gonna kill Kenny <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, again that's and that's where like to me the, the AEW is so different right mm-hmm. I mean could you imagine the WWE back in like the Hogan era like if they had social media oh doing something like this it would have been awesome Austin? yeah it would have been yeah, awesome. Or The Rock. You know, but, you know, it's it's an extension of their program. Right? Because, again, now we have this, you know, you have where Kenny, you know, basically punks out Cole. <laughs> well, then, you know, come to find out the night before, right? Or the, you know, a few days before at the pay-per-view that night, mm-hmm. Cole tried to kill him. <laughs> well, I don't. I think it's Matt and Cole, uh, you know, because there was kind of like that look, like, uh oh. See, I agree with you. I think the Bucks are actually in on it. I think, I think that the Bucks are like trying to get rid of Kenny, in that sense. Like, I think they'll be like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I just, yeah, he bought a can of Monster. What do you want? You know, like, I feel like they're gonna yeah. play it dumb, but I think you're right. I think that's, I think that might be the case. Yeah, see, I do, I do too. Right, based off of the pay per view, where they nod to to Paige, mm-hmm. and then you know followed up with the BTE, and then the the dynamite. But however, I think you're going to get the double double cross, especially if if uh, O'Reilly comes. God, I hope so. I think you're going to because again, so the Bucks and. Uh, Red Dragon or Red Dragon or however you say it. I mean, they had some great matches in ROH. They had some killer matches in ROH. So and why wouldn't you do it again? I know there's a lot of fans out there that that think that Kyle O'Reilly is this breakout single star, and maybe he is. Maybe he is. I I tend to think that him and Bobby Fish's work are best done in a tag team. And I think yes, that... Yes. Yeah, I, I feel like you put them... With Adam Cole, 
and literally anybody as a fourth member that is a money group. And it, I like that they poke fun at NXT and WWE because he started to say it was undisputed. Like, oh, we can't say that here. You know, like they do that and they do it in a way where like, oh, yeah, like fans that are changing the channel can pick up on it that are like, oh, oh, I know that guy. Oh, yeah, they were part of the undisputed era. And then they start to put the pieces together. Those subtle jabs, the longer they can get away with doing that, the better. Because it brings in, again, it's not that casual fan. It's that sports entertainment fan that can come back over to a pro wrestling fan, I think. Yeah, I think that crossover is definitely possible. Oh, yeah. And let's not forget an ROH. If I remember, it was, uh, re, how do you say it, Redragon? I say Red Dragon, but I think everybody else says Redragon. I just get tired of it because yeah, it's supposed to be Red freaking Dragon. Whatever. No, because there's only one D. I know, but it sounds dumb. Like it's, it's Redragon. You can't be a dragon again. You can't Redragon. You can't. <laughs> That's not how it works. Maybe they came from Dragon Gate, and I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I'm pretty sure it was O'Reilly and Fish, and then I think something happens to Fish, which then puts O'Reilly with Cole, mm-hmm. because I think they were a tag team at one time, and then eventually Cole turns on. O'Reilly to bring Fish back into it to then feud with the Elite or the Bullet Club, I guess, would have been back then. Hmm. So, I mean, this has all the, I mean, this has all the markings of the double cross. <laughs> you know, it has all the markings. It's going to be great fun when this happens. Because I would imagine the, the, the uh, let's call them the era. Right. Right. Why not? Right. Yeah, sure. I would imagine like the era is going to have the ability to just piss the crowd off. And the young bucks are so likable, even as heels. Right. Even as as little jackasses, everybody still likes them. That they're just going to become huge baby faces. And it's going to be like a beautiful dance. Now, I don't know if it's going to be like cornet on the level type dance, but it's going to be a good dance. I would like to see it somehow pay off in a way that gives us a better vibe than it was with the expected double cross of Pinnacle versus Inner Circle. Hopefully they improve on that because, admittedly, that was a cool reveal, but it could have been so much better. Well, see, I, I think yeah, but so I think you're not going to, you're, you're probably not going to see it coming, right? So the five of them, it'll start off as five with O'Reilly, Fish, mm-hmm. Cole, and the Bucks, right? Are probably going to run roughshod a little bit. And then, you know, one or two weeks in, after everybody's like, oh, yeah, they're just going to dominate the world, you know, you're going to get Adam Cole doing the whole like a uh, camel clutch type thing mm-hmm. and the young bucks go in for a kiss. And as they go in for a kiss or well, here's O'Reilly and fish right behind the bucks. And you know, you're not going to get the kiss O'Reilly and fish are going to hit them from behind or something to prevent the kiss. <laughs> and then you're going to find out Cole was in on it the whole time too, because he didn't, he thought he could be, he was better than Omega and mm-hmm. you know, Omega's not the leader of the super lead or super click or whatever 
name they come up with. And then the Bucks are just going to be beat down until Omega comes back. So what if this is, and I know uh, before fans get too crazy, I realize that he's got a lot of heat right now from the speaking out movement, but what if this is AEW's opportunity to bring in Marty Skrull? Uh, so, I mean, how much heat does he have now, though? I mean, it, the unfortunate thing is it was apparently a relationship with a minor. Now, in the UK, I need to stress this because this is where legality takes over. In the UK, a minor is different from what we consider a minor here. True. Doesn't make it any less creepy, okay? But it's not my business what this guy's personal life is. That's just the bottom line. Here's the thing, though. It was a 16-year-old kid. In my mind, that's not okay. But the thing is, he's he's working overseas. He's working in Germany. He just won, I don't know the company's name, but he just won a major title overseas. Oh, and he's working in Puerto Rico, too. Right, right. So he has quietly been putting himself back in a spotlight. And I feel like if Tony Khan is waiting the storm out, not that I blame him, because I don't, this would be a smart move to quietly bring him in and have him show up as a surprise perhaps not right now maybe next year because sooner or later unless criminal charges are filed it's got to go but they won't be if it's legal exactly UK. exactly so yeah you're gonna have your your group of fans that disagree with it but this is different than that of like what um jimmy havoc did or jimmy jacobs whatever the guy's name was this is a different guy different situation it's not great, it ain't pretty, but it is different. So I feel like they could possibly do it. It is a risk, and I don't know that I would do it if I was in that business, but it would make for interesting TV. I mean, at the end of the day, though, right? At the end of the day, this is cancel culture. Yeah, very true. Very right? true. And there are, if Khan decides to stand up, mm-hmm. right? Right? Who's, who's going to go after him? That's a right? great point I mean, are, as well. There are plenty of places and companies and and people that are now fighting back against that. Mm-hmm. Right? And again, I, I, I mean, it's not for me. I don't live over there. Right. But if that's the, I mean, that's their culture. Mm-hmm. That's their culture. I mean, if they're legal at 16, they're legal. I mean, and you got to keep in mind, this is, we, we typically don't go down this road, but this is, this is how he grew up. Like, this is his life. And, and Marty's not exactly an old man. I think he's still in his late 20s. So, this is all he knew. And at some point, yeah, sure, he comes over to the States, but... That doesn't mean his whole upbringing and everything in his life just automatically switches off. I mean, this is like, what he. What well, did he do it over here or in the UK? It was in the UK. It was in the UK. Okay, I mean, in the UK, at like ten, you can just sidle up to the bar mm-hmm. at the local pub and order a pint. So, I mean, it's, it is a crazy thought process and I know we have a lot of folks overseas and I want to stress that 
I'm not saying that I agree or disagree with it. I, Brian knows. I typically am in the middle on this until there's proof. You know, I'm usually the guy that'll say, yeah, that's shitty. Don't do that. And then I'm also the guy that'll say, well, he didn't go to jail. Because that's just the truth. You can't, you can't, you can't look at a guy like Joey Ryan and condemn him if you can look at a guy like Velveteen Dream and, and say he was okay on NXT. You have to be fair. You have to look at both. You have to say, okay, both of these guys were bad and they admitted it. But if you get a guy like who's in kind of in the middle like Marty is, where he made a, a stupid move, but he didn't break the law, then what are you really holding on to? That's the question, right? So my initial thought process was it would be cool to see the villain back in a major spotlight if they're able to jump that hurdle. And I think if there's a guy that would be brave enough to stand up and say, hey, look, (laughs) this is a talented performer. He is on my television program. This is what it is. I think he would be the guy that'd be able to, to, I don't know if he'd change a whole lot, but I think he'd be the guy that would stand up for it and people would leave him alone. But again, though, I i mean, I don't hear nothing about him anymore. Um, until he won this championship overseas, I hadn't either. I only know about it because it was on Twitter like crazy the day he won. And of course, you know, Germany's on a different time zone than we are. So, you know, I'm in getting ready for work one day on a Monday morning and there's there's all these videos of... Marty winning the title and people are like F this company F this guy and then other people are like good, good for Marty you know how it is typical split yeah, audience but but again I'm sure the people that are like F this guy mm-hmm. are Americans right who for whatever reason can't yeah. get out their own way and understand there are other cultures and they may not particularly be to your liking mm-hmm. but you don't live in very true. You live here, and our laws are set up for this, mm-hmm. and not that. Right. Much like a, a, an actress who recently ran on went on a rant because, well, one country decided not to show their film in there mm-hmm. because they didn't agree with things. Well, that's their fucking choice. Yeah. Because that's their country. Mm-hmm. Well, and and that's anyway. the thing. It, it like I said, I I know we're we're on a rabbit hole here, so we gotta we gotta ultimately put the brakes to it. But you know, it, it, just as much as that com- country has the right to say yes or no, that person has the right to complain about it. It just is the way it is. It is. Sure. So, and, and that's the joy of America. However, very true. <laughs> very true. It's not your country. Yep. Keep your nose in this one. Yep. Fix this one before you talk about another one. Uh, that actually is a, a very good point. I agree with you completely. <laughs> might want to might want to keep keep yourself in that lane if you can. No, I no, I, I agree with you. It's not often that that you and I see eye to eye when it comes to uh, things of a political nature. But uh, you know, when I do, I do. I have to identify it. I would never want to be that guy that goes, "Oh, I never agree with them on stuff." No, that's not how it goes. Um, so getting back towards uh, wrestling because that's what we really talk about. Um, actually, before I do that. I'm going to go completely off subject, completely. Uh, Brian, did you know that part two of He-Man Revelations is on Netflix now? No, not yet. Yes. I haven't seen it. Yes. I am the kind of guy that loves He-Man. I'm a huge He-Man fan. I've been a He-Man fan since I was four years old. You like the loincloth, don't you? 
I don't know, man. It's just it's. You want to know what kind of battle axe he's? Oh, not the battle axe. I was thinking of more of a warhammer, but you know now you got to take it down a real nasty oh, really? trail. <laughs> war People right now are like, "What just happened?" But I like warhammer. I felt like Kevin Smith did a good job with this. People were so pissed, and I understand why. I'm not going to do the spoiler thing, but people were so pissed. But the lore of Masters of the Universe is gigantic. So for me, seeing Man-at-Arms evolve, seeing Tila evolve, seeing all of the different characters is almost enough to overpower the first part. To me, that's like, that is pretty awesome. Why, why, why? I don't understand why you would get offended by a cartoon. Right. Well, if people are that taking it that seriously, no, I don't either. <laughs> I didn't know people were offended by it. I know people were upset. Well, yeah, because they did. They didn't like the. I mean, there were plenty that were upset over the first season for, you know, different things. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah. You know, I'm assuming it's it's the same. Uh, how do I say this without saying foolish? Masters of the universe as the original cartoon. So. It is. How do I describe this? It and is not like some weird uh, multiverse. No, no. It is the same Masters of the Universe universe. It is the same place. It is just like I mean, you've seen the figures. the The animation of it is amped up to eleven. the The stories are definitely written for you and me versus kid you and me. So that's right, well, cooler. But I, I feel like they, he gets a bum rap for this because this is a great show. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I enjoyed season one. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt I'll enjoy season two. But sometimes you just have to watch something like and not attach it to something else. Yeah, right. I, I agree. I, I literally could have watched season one and not attached it to the original. Right? Just based off of, you know, how DC does things, how Marvel does things, mm-hmm. yada, 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 right? Well, okay, so this is He-Man, but this may not be the He-Man I grew up with. Well, let's give it a shot. Oh, this is pretty good. Right. You know? I mean, there's there's things that happen, in it, and, and again, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on it. I don't know there's... Oh, I know there's... Screw it. Killing, spoil it. Spoil killing it. He-Man. Killing He-Man blew my mind. Like, we're at the end of the first episode, and I'm like, oh, what the hell? But then I have to watch and see what else they can do. Because you know it's only the beginning. You're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta watch this. So, and then you see, like, the, you know, how Tila actually comes up and how she becomes just a badass. Now, I will say this. One thing that does irritate me with a lot of not just shows but comic books and everything, and you and I have talked about this before, is the constant desire to um, make the show woke. Like, ah, it's got to have a lead that's this. It's got to have a lead that does that. And, oh, by the way, we have to fill this gap and that gap. I think if it's a natural progression, it makes sense. But I think if you're just doing it to do it, it's stupid. 
in this case, unfortunately, I was a little upset at how it was initially with Tila. Because I'm like, well, it's not a Tila story. It's not supposed to be. But then the more I watched it, I was like, well, actually, yeah. And it's a pretty damn good one. Yeah, well, I mean. You know what I mean? Off in like the first episode. I was blown. <laughs> like, how do you do that? But then at the same time, I'm like, well, this can't be the end. This this sword's going somewhere. Like, it's got to happen. That's that's my thought. Like, this season two, this next part, it's got to be the sword ends up. Maybe it's with Tila. Maybe it's with somebody else. But that sword's going somewhere. Or maybe Adam comes back. Who knows? Does he die again at the end? I don't remember. Oh, so, he, doesn't he live at the end or something? Isn't there some craziness at the end? So, I remember at the end, and, and I'm probably going to binge watch part one into part two, probably tonight, because I'm so excited to watch it. Um, one of the things that really stood out was the way everything flowed together in this show, and then... <laughs> When you get to the end, like they end it and then they're like coming up in part two and you see these little clips and you're like, why are they showing He-Man? He, he's dead. He's not supposed. And then I realize it's probably going to be flashbacks, but I don't care because yeah, it's I, He-Man. I, I want to watch it. Back. So maybe I missed it. Maybe I'll have to watch it again just to be sure. But I'm fairly certain that he is dead, dead. When you get to the end of part one. I mean, because like he lives through episode one, like they bring him back and then in part season one, whatever season one, we'll stick with season one (laughs) in in, towards the end of season one. You end up finding out that um, he is dead again because they actually it's when Skeletor stabs him through the back and the sword comes through his chest yeah but is he necessarily dead though well I mean that's that's a good question I don't know because I mean since the sword is actually touching him yeah could he not say I have the power (laughs) how cool would that be Uh, blood flying out of his mouth with the the sword sticking out of him Dude, that'd be freaky. Well, would that be like when in What If, where the where the Hulk blows up? Like if you got the sword yeah, stuck I mean, there and you Hulk out, and pfft, your chest is now split into shreds because you had a sword in the middle of it. <laughs> That's so screwed up. Could be interesting. By the way, that was uh, one of the most disturbing death scenes I've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, what is happening right now? So much. Yeah, I, I mean. It's hard to say until you watch season two. Now, have you watched the um, the other He-Man on Netflix that was designed for kids? No. Uh-uh. Actually, pretty good. Um, I, it reminds me of... You remember when they did He-Man in space? Like He-Man 2000 or whatever it was called? No. So they tried to modernize He-Man. One of the, my favorite shows on Netflix is the uh, Toys That Made Us. So, in the He-Man episode, they talk about making um, He-Man modernized. So, they sent him to space. And they had a TV show that was similar to the art we see in the Kevin Smith He-Man stuff, but just more space age. Now, with this one, it's... (laughs) Imagine an action figure that's normally the size of an AEW figure shrunk down to the 
to the WWE's Masters of the WWE Universe style, and that's how they're animated. <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. But it's fun. It's entertaining, and it's, it's He-Man, so I'm going to watch it. I'm not, not an idiot. But Yeah, we know that. Yeah. Love is Warhammer. I mean, maybe, how do you know he's not swinging a Warhammer? Maybe it's a dagger. Maybe it's just a dirt. I don't know. Maybe Prince You've Adam is really, it. really little Adam. <laughs> You've already made it perfectly clear. You want his Warhammer. We're gonna give it to you. You want we'll his, you want his battle axe. We'll I'm not sure what's more figure. alarming: the battle axe thought or the Warhammer. <laughs> I'm gonna send it to you. I mean, you're thinking about something that'll split somebody in half. I'm thinking about a blunt instrument. But hey, I guess we're both content. <laughs> uh. Okay. Well, that'll do it, everybody. Have a great night. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So, this coming week on Dynamite, let's go ahead and pull it up, because we have the Battle of the Belts coming up soon. We have Kenny Omega has relinquished the AAA Mega Championship. So, that was how we got confirmation of his surgery. He actually... Uh, revealed that on the 22nd, so yesterday. But in looking at this, it is in Chicago next week. It's going to be Brian Danielson versus, didn't he say five? No, 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 no. Colt Cabana, excuse me. Brian Danielson versus Colt Cabana. That, I don't know, man. Like When I think of Danielson and when I think of Colt Cabana, I see two conflicting styles I, I have a feeling it's really going to be just like he beat the piss out of uh, Evil Uno. Like, Cabana won't even get out of the blocks. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that's the whole point of this, right? Because, you mm-hmm. know, the Dark Order are fan favorites. So he's just going to run through all ten of them. May have a problem with Silver. and But for the most part, he's going to wreck them. And this will all take place leading into February. I feel Where like we probably have a new world champ. Oh wow! So so that would really that would really mean that Adam Page is a transitional champion. Wow, that's not a long reign no, at all. No. That would be a surprise. No, it, yeah, but so that doesn't mean he's a transitional champion. That's just part of this new story, right? Because you're going to have to gonna have to put that title on Danielson when he's hot which then flips it right because then Paige is gonna have to chase Danielson right and nine times out of ten the better story is having the face chase the heel instead of the heel chase the face which will then probably lead into the next pay-per-view where Paige will get it back mm-hmm. now I that would be the first time they've they start like a a true I guess you could call it maybe like a blood feud where they trade the belt back and forth. You know, they maybe they have a submission match or they have a bull rope match. or You know what I mean? That would be cool because that would be the first time that AEW has really done that. Yeah. Well, I'm cool with uh, that. Well, as far as the belt goes. But yeah, yeah. Because up till now we've seen a pretty, pretty stretched out title reigns for just about everybody. Yeah. And... and Again, the, the point is to make him champ, right? The point is to show the world that this guy... Now, maybe he does escape the pay-per-view in February, mm-hmm. but Danielson's going to get it. 
especially if he keeps this up. Right? Mm-hmm. Again, you can't deny the hot hand. Right? And if he's the most, if he becomes supernova, which I think is going to happen, you have oh, to put it on. If he beats the shit out of Colt Cabana, you don't have much choice. If you're in, oh, Chicago, in Chicago, short, yeah, short of beating up CM Punk, yeah, you're, you have to. Well, I mean, who knows, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the joy of AEW, right? They, they sometimes they do some crazy stuff that you don't see coming, and you know maybe we get a CM Punk in there because he beat up Colt Cabana, right? I know they're not great friends, but hey, you can't do that. We were buds. You know, who knows? Maybe after wrecking John Silver, which you probably will. I mean, oh, just man. demolishing them. That's going to break my heart. Right town. <laughs> yeah. You want to see matches that draw emotion. That's that's what we want as a wrestling fan. And I will be heartbroken when John Silver gets the crap beat out of him. Because he's going to be like that, that Sons of Anarchy where Opie looks at Jax and says, I got this. And you're like, no, no, you don't got this. Don't do it. <laughs> you don't have this. <laughs> listen, 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 if you really want to put heat on on Danielson, somewhere along the way, he knocks out negative one. Oh, my. Oh, Jesus. You know, <laughs> that would be. Look, I agree. That would be nuclear, nuclear heat, more nuclear than Tessa Blanchard type heat. Yeah. Because people but, would be so split. How dare you put a child in the ring? Oh my god! But you know, but again, he's already he's wrestling matches. I mean, he gets he gets involved in yeah. other promotions. Yeah. I mean, there's all types of footage of him getting involved, but you don't necessarily like have him straight up punch the kid. No, no, right? just a straight kick or something like something yeah, that bumps him. Yeah. Him yeah. And then he's like, "Oh crap! I didn't mean it." You know, and all the dark order is like, it's okay. He was actually, he shouldn't have been here. And then he just commences to waylay the piss out of the negative one. Just stomps oh my over. God. You know, something like that. That, I'm telling you, that place would go ballistic. Especially if you could get it like in Florida or something. Do you think that, because Amanda Huber's been pretty much on board for like everything. I mean, granted, she's very protective over her family, and rightfully so, but do you think that she would be like, yeah, go ahead, if this is what makes you feel good? <laughs> That's a lot of trust you put into somebody, you know? Yeah, but again, we're not talking like, you know, some green very true. rookie. We're talking very true. like, this is a world-class athlete, right? And again, it's, it's so... He, there is video of him getting involved in matches on the indie circuit. Yeah, throwing there papers is, at it, people, and yeah, yeah. Well, not just that, but I mean, there is one or two where he's in the ring, like legit <laughs> interfering and not getting caught. Right. So again, how hard would it be for him to be like, "Hey, you stand here," mm-hmm. you know? And maybe it's a, it's a, you know. Brian uh, rears back and not you know hits him. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't have to knock him out, but knocks him off the knocks him off their apron. Yeah, that's what I was you just know? thinking. Like, what if he, you know, rushes the ropes to to, to attack his opponent and bumps negative one off the apron, 
And, you know, they can yeah. put a crash I mean, pad there because, you know, you could position it any way you want. And it would be. You could have. You could have him just like bleeding silver like a stuck pig, right? Because, I mean, think about it. So, out of the dark order, mm-hmm. right? If you take a page out of it, right, and just look at the dark order members, the one guy that would probably piss piss off the crowd the most if you bled him like a, a stuck pig would be John Silver, right? Because mm-hmm. we all love John, right? I mean, you just can't help but love the guy, right? It's Johnny Hungy. Be- yeah, supposing he's bleeding this guy, right? Just literally just destroying him. Negative one comes down with the, to throw the towel in or something. Mm-hmm. Danielson catches the towel, throws it back at negative one, knocks him off the the apron, and it's like, oh crap! I, I didn't mean to do that, fellas. I really didn't mean to do that. And then you know when everybody's paused, he gets a shot or two in on him. Oh my gosh. I don't know if Danielson would do it. Oh, I'm sure he would. I, I, again, I, I I think this feud is going to put him... Like, he'll be AEW's first Supernova heel. Like, MJF is, is Nova, right? Mm-hmm. But I think when... I think Danielson is going to become Supernova. I think he's going to put MJF, like squarely in the back seat and oh I, I got this you just sit back and yeah I'm driving the car now <laughs> I, I still have that I'm not gonna lie I've now got a solid anxiety for Johnny Hungy saying I got this no Johnny no <laughs> I mean you can and you can also do the classic you know uh, Danielson comes out of the dark order locker room. Oh, when the dark order yeah. goes in, negative one is like laid out. I mean, you know, there's the, his mask is, is is red from the blood, and you don't even have to see it. You know what I'm saying? You just oh, know he's yeah. The last one in there. Yeah, or you could have somebody like go in there and like maybe it's his mom and she screams, and somebody comes out with the yeah. mask, and that's all you ever see. Yeah, and wow. that's it. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, I, I think if they get negative one involved, it's gonna it's going to become to for you nuclear. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Do Don't it. hurt do the it. children. Come on, Tony, do it. Do it, Tony. <laughs> there are fans right now going, and then and then grab the cheese grater and then <laughs> We're not saying that. Relax. <laughs> no, I'm not saying send Nick Gage after the kid. I'm just saying. Jeez. But I, but I mean, think about it. Think of the heat. Just just off of him beating up all ten of the Dark Order. Right? Yeah. And he may very well beat up two at one time. Uh, what, five and, uh, you know, ten maybe. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Maybe he beats up both of them. If he dismantles but... 10, if he dismantles 10, that's where he could get to negative one. Because 10 is negative one's favorite wrestler. Next right. to Orange Cassidy. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, it, there's there's a way to get him in there, to get him involved. And there's a way to turn this thing 
nuclear very quick. Because again, by February, ten because you figure what there's ten members who so ten weeks of them of him beating the piss out of them. <laughs> another week, another mugging. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna hate Danielson's guts by the time he gets the uh, page. And then if he just literally injures Paige, you know, they're really going to hate him. And then when Paige wins it back, you know, the Paige will then reach that next level. Because, so for me, like with Paige and Omega, right, it was a great story, Mm -hmm. right? Two years in the making. However, comma, you didn't really get a lot of interaction with the two. For, you know, since they broke up as a tag team. Right. You know, but this, this is going to be the first, like, I'm coming for you, Adam Page, and I'm going to dismantle your family to get to you, mm-hmm. and I don't care who it is, and when I get to you, we're going to fight. I feel like this is the feud of the year kind of thing. If they do this right, this could be the feud of the year for 2022. Oh, yeah. Oh, I agree. Because, again, they're smart enough to let it ride. So maybe it's not one pay-per-view. Maybe it's two pay-per-views. Maybe it's three pay-per-views. Maybe it's all year. Mm -hmm. You know, back and forth, chasing each other. Anybody that gets in the way just gets dismantled. Have we had a real stretched out? Not I'm not talking Adam Page versus Kenny Omega because I don't know if that was really a feud, but just a build. Have we had a knockdown dragout feud that just stretched over the course of a year? In what any any of them? And I mean, in a while, I, the last long stretched feud that I can remember is is Danielson against the Authority. Yeah, uh, you might be right because even like, even like the Usos in the New Day, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't really a feud. It was more like, oh, we're wrestling you again, and we hate your guts. Right, right. It, I mean, they they had a small feud, but it didn't span yeah. over a real developed course of time. Roman hasn't had any full on feuds, like ever. It's just mm-hmm. it's it's little chunks, little chunks, little chunks, and then he moves on to the next yeah. one. Um. You know, maybe, no, because Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton really wasn't that long. And even that was part of Randy and Alexa. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? You know, because she was involved. Right. Um, God, it's probably been a while since we've seen something like this. And you're right, this could very easily become a blood feud. The kind of the kind of feud like a Magnum TA Tully Blanchard yes. feud. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's one of those situations where neither guy is gonna be satisfied. Neither guy is gonna right. it doesn't matter what happens, who wins, the title's gonna take the back seat to the fact that these guys can't stand each other. Right. Oh yeah, it's quite it's it's a, it is very possible to be their first true blood feud. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting and exciting times. You know, we we said I said it earlier. I said you know potentially feud of the year for 2022, which leads us Brian to our upcoming few weeks here. 
as we begin the deliberation for, I want to say this is the first time we've ever done this. First ever corner to corner awards. Now we don't have a name for them yet, so I'm just calling them corner to corner awards. But the Slammies. The... No, we can't do no, that. PWI no, uh, 500. Nah, we can't do that. You're trying to get a cease and desist. No, we can't do that. We'll we'll think of I'm a name. Kidding. I'm just kidding. We should just call it the corners. No, you can't call it the corners. No, that's foolish. Ah, fine. All right, I tried. We might we might ask our wonderful audience to help us with the name. But either way, we will be doing end of the year awards <laughs> for for corner to corner. We will begin deliberation probably over this uh, over the course of the next week or so. As the holidays roll through, we know everybody's getting together with families and doing a lot of things. So are we. But we're going to celebrate the end of the year with a bang with our first official annual awards for Corner to Corner, where we talk about, man, your best feud of the year, your most hated wrestler of the year. Who was the most popular? We'll talk about tag team of the year. We'll talk about company or promotion of the year. Um, and that's just naming a few. I know, Brian, you listed out a lot of different categories. You want to shed some light on, on some of those? No, I mean, I was just throwing them out there as what we could use. We don't have to use all of them. Um, but, you know, like champion of the year, which I guess that was pretty obvious. But, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, tag team of the year. Um wrestler of the year rookie of the year you know we do just different ones so we'll sit down and figure them out and go from there there's a lot of but i um, think we can all agree on champion (laughs) i think we all will agree on it i think some of our listeners will tell us wait you didn't put so and so and we'll say nope we didn't (laughs) no no i mean it's kind of hard to beat the guy that's been you know held three world titles at one time uh, yeah. And one of them for 700 and some odd days, almost 800 days, I think. Yeah, I think that's going to be difficult to really top. Um, yeah. Unless Jerry Lawler just comes back and wins the Mid-South Championship again. I can't really And, and we haven't that. discussed this with Rob, so maybe Rob can persuade us to go another round. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, we've got plenty of time, but again, it's it's de- deliberations. It's like the Hall of Fame. Who's getting in first ballot, you know? We're going to do our, our first official awards, and let's take a look at our calendar here, because I know we got one, two. Just looking at the weeks left. Five. So we got five weeks left in the year. Plenty of time for us to put together a solid, solid list of award winners. And we will be bringing that to you most likely on that night. So that'll be the 27th of December, if not the January 3rd edition of Corner to Corner. So we will bring that to you. We want to thank everybody for listening and downloading. Brian, we are seeing increase of downloads through not just Spreaker, but Amazon has taken hold for us. Spotify. I mean, these people are loving us. They love us in New New Zealand. No, it's Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie. Well, they love me in Poughkeepsie. They love us in Poughkeepsie. (laughs) 
<laughs> and yes, as always, thank you, Michael Hayes, for the house. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's going to do it for us, Brian. Any final thoughts before we uh, close out? Uh, tune in to Dynamite tomorrow to see Colt Cabana. I know I, I'm, I'm all behind Daniel Bri- or Brian Daniels right now. I'm in it. I want to see him just dismantle the Dark Order. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to see what happens next. I mean the. Colt Cabana's public thrashing will be entertaining to watch tomorrow night. Um, For Colt Cabana fans everywhere, I encourage you to drink lots of water, (laughs) to grab a towel, and maybe a friend because you may need a hug. (laughs) You know what? You know what Danielson needs to do? Like before the match, right? When he's walking out to ringside, grab the mic and just. Holler off! The beatings will now commence. <laughs> okay, if that happens, I now know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have a microphone in your house for me. <laughs> I mean, think about it. He's walking down. He grabs the mic. The beatings will now commence. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't. I mean, that would be textbook and classic for what AEW could provide to us, folks. Have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy your families. Enjoy your time. We will see you next week. For Rob, you can find him here at uh, Rob Hefner C2C on the Twitter bot. You can find Brian at Vlad Dragul C2C. I'm at Stan Grubb everywhere. And Corner to Corner Show on Facebook, C2C Radio Show on Twitter, and C2C Radio Show.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.